Hello everyone, this is Juanita P. from the Canadian Prairies, and this is Sinister Sightings with the Paranormal Chicks, Donna and Carrie. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 127. And you just heard Juanita P. sounding all cute. She's our neighborly Canadian friend from... Okay, okay bye. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come back, Juanita. <laughs> Come back. None of you leave us, please. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was, but no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, if you want to do an intro to Sinister Sightings without me trying to mimic your accent, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Ooh. Yeah, that was rough. Okay. So what also is rough, um, we cleared out our inbox and came across some stuff that I hope we haven't said before. Search through, look to see if we had them in our red Sinister Sightings it didn't come up. So this Sinister Sightings is all about catching up because these were lost in an inbox, not in our folder for Sinister Sightings. All right. So we're going back in time. <laughs> yes. They said, feel free to title this because I ain't got nothing. <laughs> hey, guys, I absolutely love your podcast. I have two story for you guys. So bear with me because I am not a good writer. So when I was little, I was always afraid to sleep in my own room. I'm talking head under my covers. I live in Australia. It gets pretty hot. Not moving, type of scared, like can't even sleep facing a certain way because you think you're going to open your eyes and something's there. I slept in my mom's room every chance I got as it was just me and her at this point until she had gotten a boyfriend and I was made to sleep in my own room. That particular night, I was maybe six or seven, but we had had Chinese and sat in the lounge room to eat it. Time went on and I was told to go to bed. I don't remember a lot, but I had ended up having a nightmare. And when I finally worked up the courage to move, I made my way through the hallway onto our split level hallway that was completely open. Like standing on that, you can see the whole downstairs of the house. So I stood there and I saw that the TV was on and the whole screen just blew. Like the older TVs went when nothing was working on it. I saw mom and her boyfriend at the time sitting together on the lounge, and I explained I had a bad dream. Mom pointed to her room that was on the opposite side of the open hallway from my room. She said, jump in bed. I went to her room to see her and her partner in the bed fast asleep. Still to this day, it's so clear what happened. I felt so awake. I'm now 20. We had just thought that until the second time. I was probably 12 or 13 now at this point. It was just me and my mom, and she was single at the time, and we were having an argument. And I stood on the bottom step inside the house, and she was in the kitchen, but we could still see each other. We were only like a meter or two away. It was really heated, and we were yelling at each other, and I can't even remember what about. When all of a sudden, my mom, who was standing straight, had a second her leaning out of her body. I started screaming, and the double waved at me. I was yelling at her to move and had tears coming out of my eyes. My mom was freaking out, trying to move, but it seemed to just be stuck to her until it 
just finally stopped. It felt like 10 minutes of me screaming and telling her to move, but it would have been only a few seconds. I cried and I said I wasn't lying. My mom said, honey, I know you went white. I've never seen you that scared. So she believed me straight away because she saw the fear in me that night. Okay, so quick background story for the next one. My mom and me, as I said, lived alone and we kept to ourselves as most of our neighbors were drug dealers or absolute nutcases. I sometimes hung out with the kids across the road in the cul-de-sac and they always told me the house in the corner belonged to a witch. I had never seen who had lived there and left it alone. One day, one of our neighbors who lived on the opposite side of the witch's house said that the lady on the corner wanted to speak to us. We had never seen or spoke to her, but mom agreed. She ended up being an amazing woman. She had sat down with my mom and said your grandmother, who had just passed away, was okay and she was with Betty now. Mom had no clue who Betty was and ended up asking my pop and he asked how mom knew that name and it turned out my grandma had a miscarriage, Betty. And Pop was the only one who knew about that, so it was enough for us to believe. So now you know a little about that, I'll share how she helped me. When I was young, I can't remember how old, but I was in primary school here in Australia. You're in primary school roughly from 5 years to 11 years old. I started seeing this face, a horrible looking face. A face of a man who looked like he had been dragged down the highway. His face was that messed up. He had long surfer hair. I was seeing this face everywhere in my dreams. While I was awake, even eventually the trees took shape of this face. It was starting to scare me. I'd wake up after some of those dreams to the feeling and sometimes even seeing someone sitting on the end of my bed. Mom had had enough of it. She went to ask the lady who told us about Betty why this was happening. She sat me down and explained I was seeing my mom's ex-boyfriend. He was around before I was born, who had shot himself. He was so angry about how things ended up and how my mom had to go through identifying his body and knowing he was going to do it with no one believing her. He wouldn't show himself to my mom, instead came to me. This sort of scared me at that age, and I asked her how I could make it stop after months of dealing with it. She showed me how to close up that side of myself, and I have been too scared to open up since. I know it was very long and probably doesn't make any sense, but that's some of the many things I have seen and heard. Hope you enjoyed it. Creep it real. Rhiannon, Australia. You saw two of your mamas? Oh, my God. When you said a blue TV, I was like, why were they watching the blue screen? Unless they were bow chicka wow wowing. But um, I just mm-mm. picture them like stoically Sto- stiff, yes. like sitting there watching it. But they're not really watching it because they're like In robots. a trance. Yes. Yeah. And then you said that they were in the bedroom. I was like, no. Oh, my gosh. And then the clone mama Leaned to the side. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. No. I don't know. No. That is scary as fuck. That's wild, though, about the lady, too. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have a place near your grandma's house that Casey told you a witch lived there? No. She told me that the lady killed her husband. Oh, oh never mind. She didn't, by the by. <laughs> okay, the next one is a story about Bombi. Hello, ladies. My name is Kristen, and I currently live in the depressing bullshit of a place some people like to call Bar Vermont. I mean, that's exactly what I think of when I think of it. (laughs) I've never even heard of it. 
Well, that's probably why. But hopefully I said that right. B-A-R-R-E. Bear? I don't know. I said bar. That's why I'm saying bear? Question Question mark? mark. (laughs) Tell us who's right. If you still listen to the podcast. I know. They're probably like, those bitches never read my story. They said they read every single one. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. (laughs) Okay. Originally from upstate New York, with 20 years in between living in a 200-year-old home that had so much activity. That I always tried to ignore, but at a certain point got unignorable. For now, though, this being the first story I have ever sent in to anything. Aw. 20 years later. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I'm going to start with a lighthearted story. My grandmother had passed away when I was pregnant with my first daughter. Trying to be the dutiful granddaughter, I named my daughter a very Gaelic name and her name as my daughter's middle name. My grandmother's Irish history meant so much to her that we kept up with all of her traditions, including getting my daughter christened in my grandmother's family parish, where everyone has been christened, first communion, marriage, and when the day comes, buried from there. My grandmother had been gone about three years at this point. I was laying in my bed, and I couldn't see anything, but I could feel my grandmother's presence. I didn't know at the time, but have since learned I also experienced sleep paralysis. It was like I could feel my grandmother in my room, walk out of my bedroom, and towards my daughter's room. As much as I tried, I couldn't move, but somehow knew it was her and knew where she was going. Eventually, I convinced myself that I was overtired and it was all by imagination. The next morning, my daughter was humming, singing a little nursery rhyme my grandmother used to sing. I asked my mom, sister, and aunt if they ever sang it to her because I knew I hadn't. The answer was no, but I never told them why I asked. That next morning, my mother came in my house, taking over, complaining the way only a real mother can, and then I realized she was questioning about who was smoking in our home with her granddaughter being in the house. My mother knows very well none of us smoked, except for my grandmother's two-pack of Parliament 100s a day. By the way, Bombi is what the great-grandchildren born before my daughter called her. Many spookier experiences to share, but wanted to get my toes wet with this one. It's so interesting that you always smell smoke. Like you as in like general. I guess it's because it's so strong. And it's going to be interesting to see if in, I don't know, 150 years, like, are people still going to smell smoke? Because less people smoke now, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's potent, so probably. Well, we definitely want your spookier stories. You might have already sent them in. Not too sure. (laughs) But thank you so much for telling us about Bombi. The next one. Hey, Donna and Carrie, you two girls are my fave and definitely my go-to podcast to keep me through my long working days. I'll just jump right into my story and try to keep it short and simple. In my lifetime, I only had two paranormal experiences so far, and I hope it stays that way. When I was eight years old, I remember waking up one night because I really had to pee. As I sat up in my bed, I quickly noticed this huge figure in the corner of my room. It was gargoyle looking and had hooves and what looked like warts or boils covering his face. It definitely scared the shit out of me. I remember being terrifying, not knowing what to do. I threw myself back on the bed and covered my face with the blankets. I was in a state of shock. I couldn't really move or scream or anything. Not sure if I even wanted to. 
but I was breathing so heavily and so rapidly that it was getting really hot under the covers. I was starting to get claustrophobic under there. So after what felt like hours, but was probably only minutes, I started to calm myself down and start telling myself I must have imagined it or was just seeing things or halfway asleep, dreaming or something. So I decided I was going to try and make a run for my parents' room. So I pulled off the covers and was relieved to see that that thing was no longer in the corner of my room. But as I looked to my right, I saw he was now right there next to my bed. Nope, don't don't like it. Inches from me. I honestly think I passed out in fear or shock. The next thing I remember, my mom was waking me up, screaming at me for wetting the bed and saying the reason she leaves the lights on is so I can get up and use the bathroom. When I came to, I told my mom what happened. I told her it was too realistic and clear to be a dream. And unlike dreams, I remember everything in detail. So I begged her not to tell anyone anything because I didn't want my cousins teasing me for it. A few weeks later, my cousins all slept over and my cousin woke up screaming, describing the same thing that I saw. And my mom gave me a look and that just said it all. Fast forward a few years, I was maybe 12, different house, not the same, and I was coming in from playing outside to use the bathroom. The door pushes inward, and if you look to the right, you can see the mirror. So I was pushing the door open, and I felt someone pushing it back. Thinking it was one of my cousins messing with me, I pushed a little harder, and the door cracked open enough so I could see the other side, who was pushing back, and it wasn't any of my cousins. It was this dark figure on the other side. I back away so fast and called my mom. She opened the door and there was nothing. Carrie, I think back on what you say about not being able to deal with this kind of experience and I feel the same way. I don't know how I survived it, but when I think back at it, I have sort of a numbness to the experience. I can't allow myself to think that much on it. Otherwise, it will consume me. Well, anyway, sorry for the long stories, girls. You really have made an impact on my life. So glad I found you. Take care. No, I don't like any of that. No, a fucking like gargoyle-esque thing from your, you know, that's like beside your head. Mm -mm. No, no, ma'am. No, thank you. No. I hate jump scares like that anyway, but then being in real life, no. Also, a girl's got to pee when a girl's got to pee. And that person wouldn't let you in. Or not person, thing. Right, I instantly, like, had to pee just hearing your story. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right, next one. In early 2013, when I was a freshman in college, my friend Charles's mom passed away. I had known Charles and his family for at least a decade at this point and was so heartbroken by her passing. I attended her showing after she passed, but unfortunately wasn't able to attend her funeral as I went to school a couple of hours south of our hometown and couldn't find an arrangement for someone to take me back to school after the funeral. On my way back to campus after the showing, I saw something that made my heart stop. On the main road leading to campus, there is an intersection that seemed to be littered with billboards for lawyers, real estate agents, and other things of the like. I had been through this intersection countless times and had always seen them, but this day I saw something different. One of the real estate billboards had Charles's mom on it. Well, a woman who looked just like her, at least. 
I was shocked and so sure that if this billboard had always been there, I would have noticed a woman that looked just like his mom. His mom was a small woman with a very recognizable and unique face and hairstyle, and it doesn't make sense to me that I never noticed the resemblance before. Still, I shook the thought off and continued on with life. Over the next couple of years, I would have more experiences like the one with the billboard. I felt like I saw Charles's mom almost everywhere I went. I would see her at the grocery store, walking down the street, waiting at the bus stop, in the background, on TV shows, everywhere. I never felt scared from these sightings, but I knew there was something paranormal about them. There was no way that all of these people could look just like his mom, and that I wouldn't notice until after her death. These sightings were so realistic that there were times where I wanted to approach these women and talk to them, even if it was just to ask their name, but I never did. Over time, the sightings happened less and less frequently. I would go many months without seeing her, and at this point haven't had an encounter of any kind since probably early 2017. About a year ago, I was hanging out with my best friend Grace. Grace has also known Charles's family for quite some time. Although we are best friends now, Grace and I really didn't know each other well at the time of his mom's passing and didn't become close friends until 2016. So cut back to this night with Grace last year. We were driving around, talking, maybe eating some Taco Bell late at night. We were driving in an area close to where we both grew up and decided to drive to some important locations of our youth. Ex-boyfriends' houses, old friends' houses, places like that you know, for nostalgia's sake or something. We ended up on a main road close to where Charles and his family used to live. The house where his mom essentially passed. As we're getting closer to the intersection by their house, I asked Grace, do you want to drive by Charles's mom's old house? She looks at me a little nervously and says, no, not really. And I somewhat jokingly ask, why? Because you've constantly seen her everywhere you go for the past five years? Her face looks horrified and then gets really serious. She asked me if that happened to me too. Too. I tell her about my experiences and she tells me hers. They're similar. She would see her at grocery stores and places of the like for years. Never felt scared by the sightings and haven't had any experiences for about a year or two. Furthermore, Grace is also friends with a man named Jake who dated one of Charles's sisters for a couple of years in the 2000s. He once confided in Grace that he saw her frequently after her passing as well. I don't know what these experiences mean or why they happen to us or if they happen to more people too, but I'm glad that they happened and I think there's something I'll remember for a long time to come. Poppy P. Why does she just like show herself to y'all? Well, or that's what it? she's asking. No, I know, but I'm saying, I'm just reiterating. <laughs> Maybe, I wonder if all three of y'all didn't have the chance to go to her funeral. Oh, good one. Not in a mean way, but she's like trying to give you closure Yeah, that way. Maybe, that's a good um, reason. Good thinking, Donna. That's why you do the paranormal side. <laughs> okay. Okay, this one is, hello, from the UK. Hey, just wanted to say hi from Doncaster in England. 
My daughter Sophie introduced me to your podcast months ago. We'd listen together on our way home when I picked her up from school. Now we listen in the kitchen while cooking now that school is canceled for now. We are big fans and I love your Southern accents and you're so funny. Sophie shares her birthday with the lovely Carrie, April 11th. She'll be 15 this year, and we can't celebrate anywhere as we can't leave the house due to the coronavirus lockdown. I bet it's the same for you guys. Yes, two birthdays in lockdown. (laughs) Two! Because I was like at the very Mm -hmm. beginning of the lockdown the first time. Poor Sophie. Also, that was my name that I picked in Spanish class in high school. Well, it would change. Sometimes it was Sophie. Sometimes it was Sophia. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I would be forever grateful if you managed to do a shout out and wish her happy birthday when you do the podcast around April 11th. Oh, well, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sophie. A couple of months late, but um, thanks for listening. Years. You don't know. Her birthday's every year, Donna. <laughs> true (laughs) here's a little something to creep it real our house is an old farmhouse about 250 years old we moved in four years ago and felt the house has a lovely calm homey feeling although on the first night we were all in bed and we were woken up by our beagle oscar walking around he sleeps upstairs with us I went downstairs to see what he was doing, and he was just staring at the front door, like he was transfixed or something. I let him out and thought nothing of it, but throughout the night, he kept getting back up and staring at the same spot. Creepy. In the same week, the hairdryer turned itself on when no one was anywhere near it. When me and Sophie were in the kitchen making some supper one night, I put a plastic bowl down on the counter and it slid away from me. Mm-mm. It did this twice. It did it twice? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Was there any condensation? Because you know how, like, drinks will do that? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it could have been, like, a bowl with, like, a silicone bottom to keep it from sliding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just asking because that happened to me one time with the condensation. It was the one time in the history of life she cooked, which is why she didn't cook anymore. No. I'm just kidding. And it wasn't even me. It was Tiffany's glass, because you know I don't leave condensation on my fucking glass. No, she doesn't. She will put a napkin under it every single time. Mm-hmm. A napkin under it. I'll wipe it off during the course of the meal. You do it. it you do. You yes. go to great lengths. <laughs> don't like it. Don't want it. But, so Tiffany put her glass down, but where it was wet, it like, whoop, on the table. And I was like, what the fuck did we just say? <laughs> Good. But it did it again, obviously, because it was how, whatever. It did it twice? What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Like, things I don't understand. Yeah. But that's why I was wondering. Rude. A 250-year-old house. I mean, what in the actual fuck? How young? When people say stuff like that, you realize how young America is. Yeah. And sorry, Sophie, for missing your birthday. But hope you had a good one. Okay, next one. Hello, ladies. Another story for you. This one dates back to 1998-1999. This is a cautionary tale of why you should always bring a friend when meeting someone online. When I was young and dumb, not a young warthog. (laughs) (laughs) They know us too fucking well. Yes, she said, not a young warthog Donna this time. (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought that meeting guys in person that I met online was awesome and fun until I met this guy. I took two friends to meet this dude. I forget where the original meetup place was, but my friends and I ended up having to stop at a local grocery store. This guy and a couple of his friends decided to wait in the parking lot for us. This grocery store was made up of a wall of huge windows at the front where the registers were. At this point, I was already getting a weird vibe from this guy. I was telling my friends this while we were in the store and we were trying to figure out an excuse to tell them so we could get away. When we got to the checkout line, I looked out the store window and this dude was standing on the roof of his car watching me. What? Well, that freaked me the fuck out. Did I mention that he was a white version of Steve Urkel? (laughs) We got to my car and I told them that we had to go. As soon as we got in the car and started driving, they started following us. My friends were a guy and a girl. My guy friend said from the back seat, drive like you stole it and lose them. I stepped on it and weaved in and out of traffic. Imagine National Treasure 2 car chasing. It was about 8 p.m., so it was dark. These dudes were actually keeping up. I found a side street, whipped onto it, and turned off my lights. They went zooming past on the main road. It actually worked. We ended up at a pizza place in Chicago laughing our asses off as to what we did. He ended up paging me repeatedly. This was pre-cell phone and pagers were the thing. I called him from a payphone at the restaurant and was like, where did you go? He ended up calling me a whore. Small price to pay to get away from the Urkel stalker. My life is super boring nowadays, lol. Love to both of you beautiful creepy fuckers, Bridget. Why do, okay, why do people during rejection go straight to like, you're ugly and I never liked you? Yeah, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that. Oh, well, I was this fat when you messaged me the first time, and you seemed okay with it. So, I'm going to go with you're just offensive because I turned you down. Yeah, like, when you want to hang out. I'm sorry, I don't think that, blah, blah, and it's like, well, you're fat and stupid. Well, you literally just wanted to hang out with me. Sorry, that was very therapeutic. (laughs) But it's so fucking true. It's every time. Every time. I have never once had someone that didn't, like, I mean, I've had rejection. But, like, I'm just like, okay, and on to the next. You know, or like, damn, man, I wish he would have liked me. On to the next. Well, you're an asshole, and I'm a really nice guy, so you'd be lucky to have me. Are you, though? If you have to tell me you're a nice guy, you're probably not a nice guy. Right? Yes. Yes. I also had somebody tell me today that I looked familiar because I looked like these people that they know because they're also heavy set. No. Yes, oh my like, god. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. They're also, excuse me. They're also heavy set and nice. <laughs> well, it and nice. Is a little like insult to injury to well, you know, at least I'm nice. Yeah. Boy, was he wrong? It was a female, but uh, yes. Boy, was she wrong. <laughs> yeah, if it was a guy, it wouldn't have said it nice. <laughs> no, they'd have been like, they're also uh, fat and an asshole. <laughs> That's so funny. People just don't think. And then, like, you can just say big. You don't have to say heavy set. You don't have to say fucking a goddamn thing about what their, what their appearance is. Just say you look like them. Like, you don't have to say. No, I know. 
oh, you look like them because they're all so fat, like you. <laughs> like, just say you look like them. Oh, my God, you look so much like those people that have the same last name as you from wherever over. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> I'm always nervous meeting people offline. Not like, because, I mean, I I put myself out there. You see my whole body. You see everything, you know. Um, but, like, what if, like, we're stuck together? Like, and, you know, he's the type that stand on the hood of the car staring at you. And stuck together in what way? You mean the, the fact that you let him spend the night the very first night? Yes. Like, I don't mean, like, oh, uh, you sleep with someone? No, I mean, like, actually spend the fucking night. Like, oh, this is our first time to ever meet? Oh, you want to stay the entire fucking night? No. Go home. What if you don't like them? What if you don't hit it off? And then you have to lay there uncomfortably in your own bed? Bitch, go home. <laughs> it's so weird. Luckily, I haven't had that. Yeah, be safe meeting people online. Like, knock on wood. We hit all the dogs of people who are listening just, like, <laughs> lost their shit. We've all, like, me and you, Tiffany, we're very lucky safe you know like all of that i mean we had some weird instances but like overall like we were safe you know and by weird i mean just weird not like creepy i mean they're just people are fucking weird you know what i mean me included oh and here's the thing like bless your heart that you felt like you had to like come up with an excuse because i would do the same thing but really and truly you fucking owe them nothing like again this is all easy for me to say now but in that situation, I'm like, oh, my God, we got to come up with an excuse. We got to come up with an excuse. But really, you shouldn't fucking have to because you should be able to say, ah, you know what? It's not, I'm not feeling it. Okay, sorry, got to go by. It just sucks that you feel like you have to be like, well, I got to go wash my feet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to just say like, you know what? It's not. I'm sorry. It's not working out. But yeah. you can't because you're fucking scared that they're going to go stand on their fucking car roof. Yeah. And chase you down. Yeah. Okay, the next one. I love your show so much. So I'm a member of your Patreon. I've been listening for a few months, and I've listened to almost every episode. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I'm from Alaska initially, currently living in North Carolina due to my husband's military career. I'm a mama of two little girls and a mama to two step kiddos, a boy and a girl. I always listen to your podcast while cleaning, which feels endless around here with all the little ones and a dog. Anyway, I'm from Alaska and I have two cases from Alaska, one in Palmer, Wasilla area, which is where I'm from, and one from Anchorage. Those cases are of David Grunwald and Jael Hamblin. The first of David is a murder case, a horrific and brutal murder case. Jail's is a missing persons case. David was only 16 years old, a really great kid. He had a job, a girlfriend, was a great student, and I believe his parents' only child. He was the same age as my little brother when this happened. It truly hit home because of the same age they shared. They, twins, also went to high school with David. David was well-rounded, respectable, well-liked young man who was brutally attacked, beaten, and murdered by his peers. Four of them, who were between the ages of 16 and 19. It was truly a senseless crime. Jail has been missing since 2014. 
I went to middle school with her and some of high school. She was bubbly and sweet and just wanted those around her to like her. She went through hard times in high school. She eventually graduated and was living with a roommate and her 10-month-old son in Anchorage when she disappeared and was never heard from again. She was last heard from around 10 p.m. And then the next morning when her roommate went to check in and see if she wanted to do something, she wasn't home. In the spring of 2015, she disappeared October 2014, her purse and phone was found in the woods. She had exchanged texts with a man the night she disappeared, but it seems like for the past six years, nothing new has come of this, and there's no trace. I was really hoping you could possibly share either of these stories, especially Jail's, in the hope maybe it will bring more coverage to her case and maybe someone will come forward with answers. She was the same age as me when she disappeared and had a baby, a young baby. I believe she got into some kind of trouble and is no longer alive. However, there's always hope that answers that her son and family and friends need are out there and so many others to receive closure. Keep on keeping on and stay safe. Sincerely, Aubrey. Okay, last one. Hi, ladies and pups, fellow Mississippian here. I've never shared this terrifying experience with anyone. A little backstory. My grandparents built a lake house in Greer's Ferry, Arkansas, back in the 70s, and I grew up going there with no issues other than the usual house creaks and critters. My parents would always stay upstairs in the master bedroom, which was the ground floor, so when I would go, I would stay downstairs, you know, in the basement. With the laundry and the demons. Well, one of the last times I stayed there with my parents, I was downstairs by myself because I obviously think I'm a bad bitch or something. Boy, was I wrong. I have no idea what time it was or anything, but I woke up standing up at the bottom of the stairs to a voice yelling in my left ear. The voice angrily whisper screamed, get out and fucking pushed me up the stairs I've never been so freaked out in my life. I ran my medium pizza ass up those stairs and have never stayed down there again. My aunt bought the house next door, so I stayed there with my four pups if I ever go up now. I hope you all enjoy this story, and I'm so glad I found a podcast from my home state that I can support. Love, Kay. Look, I'm not trying to run fucking anywhere. Oh my god, and upstairs? Uh Uh-uh, I'm out of breath just thinking about that. But to wake up and you're standing up. And then, you know, a voice that is disembodied yelling to get out. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, thanks. No. no. But you're right about that. Laundry and demons. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's all that's down there. And ain't nobody got time for either. No, if you saw the fucking stack of laundry <laughs> that I have. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You do, you do see it, like, every fucking time you come over. <laughs> you're like, oh, let me just step over that. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, these stories were so good. Thank y'all so much for sending them in 10 decades ago. Yes, 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 yes. I think we've got it back to where it's supposed to be. I think. So. If not, blame Marley and Bo. Absolutely. It's fucking their fault. They're they're all Pauls when they're on the email. (laughs) I just pictured that cat. Yes, it's like typing. Yes. Well, if you want your sinister sightings read in this decade, send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared. Also, the, the voice says from over here, if you want to put sinister sightings in the subject line, 
that would be ever so helpful. That way we don't lose the email for a decade. <laughs> no, not that the people who sent them in didn't do it right. It's no. that we... Yeah, it just got, like, if something got pushed back, you know, like, you know, email's hard. But we're starting with a fresh, clean plate and Yeah. So thank you all so much. 